You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Hey crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today let's discuss something that I find exceptionally significant in, uh, well, in my own training life, and uh, I think it was significant in the training life of many of the hosses of yore, and I really, really, really believe it can be mighty significant in yours, uh, and that is particularly for we aging athletes, and I'm going to get clear on this the further we go into it. I don't think this is something that's necessarily even only for uh, people as they age. I really, really regret that I do not. I'm, I'm using that word regret with a hard definition of it. Yes, uh, start early in my life. Let's discuss warrior walking. Um, we've, give some, uh, we've given some background before where uh, prior combi- uh, combination fighters from the 1800s and uh, moving forward were using walking as a primary form of the original road work. And I'll give you a link to an article on that. And there's an even a, I believe there's a podcast episode on that as well uh, to give some support to how pervasive it was and even why I think it kind of switched over to, and that's only a surmise on my part, uh, switch over where we primarily think it was running, using it as weight control, where primarily walking was the primary mode for uh, the weight control and or uh, you know, building up bottom, as they call it, building up your stamina and endurance. And, of course, it just wasn't these combination fighters who uh, precedes, uh, precedes them further uh, in the antecedents in history. Um, th- we'll talk about the longevity and persistence of that walking, but also warrior walking is the way, the technique, the tactic of how it was done. And we see this in many indigenous tribes that are primarily drawing from ones that I'm more familiar with. So we'll be talking about uh, specific tactics and techniques and you'll pick up from a Comanche tribe, uh, Numuru, uh, and a few others. But uh, before we get there, let's open up with a little bit of uh, a little bit of personal subjective uh, history there. And anyway, we're coming right, but it's a perfect time for here in the States. We're going to be having as I record this podcast tomorrow, will be Independence Day, July 4th. And I'm going to let you perhaps declare your independence from cardio uh, the the way it's done now and go the old school way, which is far more effective and useful and pleasant. And I'm mighty content about that because uh, the truth be told, full disclosure here, I mean, I never have to run another step. I never have to hit another burpee if I don't want to or sweat another a hit session. That's H-I-I-T, you know, that high intensity interval training, uh, something you see primarily used in CrossFit and such. Now, thus far, uh, it's about three, four years back, I, I received a, uh, from two different doctors. They said, it looks like we're going to have to replace that left hip. And uh, you won't be doing much on it down the road. So you're going to have to stay away from this and this and this and this. I don't know if you realize this. The nature of my job is doing things on that uh, yo hip, letting people twist on it and smack it and let me kick with it and so on and so forth. And uh, it just so happens that many of my hobbyist sort of things are outdoors and walking and climbing and hiking and all that noise. So it sounds pretty much like an end point for me there. Uh, I wasn't pretty, very happy about that. I was even told at one point after one surgery on, uh, on the right knee that, uh, going to one of our local, uh, amusement parks, Dollywood, I was told I was going to be able to go to that thing to make it through an amusement park. It'd probably be best to, uh, pack a cane with me. So that was about three, four years ago, whenever I received uh, that information, 
but let's be clear, if um, you know me, you know that I swim rivers, I free dive oceans, hike miles in canyon land at elevation, climb and skitter on cliff faces with that apparent hiccup in the hip. And here's the important part. Any perceived increased effort via nonspecific cardio output at times under elevation. I'm talking about uh, being out there. So I'm not bragging, saying, oh, look what I do. I'm talking about look at what you were able, capable to do. I'm going to give the primary onus and the benefit of the uh, the credit of uh, a so-called prehab or staving off this to this warrior walking. This grand experiment of turning my body over to nothing but old school unleaded conditioning began just before my 54th birthday. That's pretty much the around the diagnosis time. It's me kind of scattering around trying to figure out what can I do to you know, I need to get out of these holes here. No, I was uh, 54, just before the 54th birthday. I'm 57 years old at the moment. And since in that entire period, I don't run. I have logged an area run session. I have not hit a sprint. I've not endured a burpee during this span. I've plunged in. I have to admit, with skepticism initially, I had all this old research because it was always researching the boxing and the wrestling, old school fighting methods, but I had all this old school material and conditioning, but it seemed so counterintuitive. The lights are so weight, yada, yada. I'm thinking, can't do anything about it. But once I realized that, you know, life's going to have to change, at least maybe I'll try this till I have to do the surgeries. So we started doing this sunlighted stuff, this odd mix of uh, old school calisthenics and seemingly very lightweight, strange shock exercises, uh, taking more advantage of the leverage, even in calisthenic actions. And most counterintuitive of all, the specific type of walking used by these early combination men to prep for a fight. Now, it's counterintuitive because running was seen as a no-no. Again, a hole digger. It eats your gains. It's counterintuitive as it also winds up leaning you up and increasing your work capacity all the while while you're doing it, you're feeling like, am I fooling myself here? Hell, I'm just walking. Is this going to still give me what I need whenever we hit the mats and the bags and the, and the humans? I've also put it through with these environmental tests. I've put myself through the Canyonlands test uh, at elevation, extended river test, that's, you know, the paddling, canoeing, kayaking, go on, the swim test, the rucking under load test. And really, all of these point to a better output in a myriad of environmental trials. And I had to do zero red line work. And this is unusual. I used to be very avid on doing like you know, obstacle course races, mud runs, so on and so forth. And uh, always did those, did fine, enjoyed the hell out of them. And then, uh, but I had to, I was always redlining to uh, using uh, really specific conditioning for that, putting running in miles, making sure you're doing under load, doing tons of, you know, kettlebell swings, burpees, and so forth to make sure you're ready for such a thing. And here I am putting myself through something very, very similar. And did none of that, and I wound up going, God, it seems easier. I did zero task-specific training. Hell, all I did was hew to the warrior walking ideal. The original road work, uh, as was done by the old-timers, this is also shot through this prism of indigenous movement that we're calling warrior walking. It's relatively easy to learn. I mean, it, uh, it takes around a week of diligent attention because it is kind of so strange. I mean, it's where it is does differ. Hell, it, it, it will differ, but you've got to put your mind on it and get it right to make sure you get all the tweaks down. This is where we're getting to the pain-free portion of it, because I want to make sure we're clear on this. We're just not talking about walking is the only way to get it done, which I do think there's a huge mechan- uh, mechanical force behind that being uh, the mechanism for perhaps some of the leaning effect. But we're also talking about the particular ways to do this with the great more, uh, ease. And the more the ease comes up, the more efficient you get and the faster you get or the more load you're able to handle uh, and or you're reducing these man- mechanical stressors. That's what the warrior walking paradigm is all about. It's just not how Megan saying you got to walk. Sure. How is very, very important to this. And again, uh, released July 1st, the Black Box Brotherhood. We got that program just called Unleaded Warrior Walking, the only cardio you need for combination fighting, physical culture and attacking the outdoors. 
And trust me, we're going to cover every specific step of mechanics from head to toe of how to do it. And trust me, again, this is more than just getting your steps in. And we'll provide, you know, like two warrior walking programs, a 12-week cycle for just anybody, everyone. You know, man, woman, child. And says, hey, let's, let's get this right. I'm going to do this. And then uh, a 12-week full-on program for the combination fighters. These rough and tumblers are you outdoor explorers out there who want to get going on it. Uh, I'll provide links at the end of this, but I want to make sure you're kind of clear how deep in the weeds some of this goes. Uh, we can get into this uh, Comanche warrior tradition, uh, the, uh, the the walk tall. And so, you know, for information, the, the package we're talking about, it is a combination DVD to make sure you really see what we're doing, where I really break it down and go, here's how to walk. And you go, oh, well, I'm going to spend all this time sitting here watching you walk, man. It's really integral to get all the tactics down. And also there is an 18-page PDF uh, that comes with it as well, so you can run the check, uh, checklist and also gives you even more support and bolster the scientific background behind what's going on. And again, you're going to watch yourself lean up and, you know, health and, you know, perhaps even get yourself out of some pain holes. Uh, on that program, we will discuss the historical and evolutionary primacy of walking, sure. And we will also discuss to some degree how walking has changed with the advent of the 20th to the 21st centuries. And usually it's just this shoe hypothesis. We're wearing shoes. We switch to barefoot shoes. Everything changes. And it turns out that's not necessarily what the whole deal is. It's it's far more than that because you can definitely do warrior walking, you know, barefoot or with shoes. Hell, you can do it with cowboy boots on if you want. But the mechanics really have very little to do with the shoes. Uh, we won't really get too deep in the weeds why everything changed because we just really want to go, well, how to, let's get it right. Uh, we'll also discuss injury causes or injury side effects. Got to keep in mind, uh, walking is about the only thing I can think of where you don't really have an associative uh, side effect with it. You know, people often say, I got achy knees from running and do this. Oh, I tore my peg doing some uh, lifting and all this. And this is an anti other exercise. But just was the last time you said, ah, oh, my old walking injury is you know, acting up. Exactly. We want to have uh, a mode of exercise that we can do from now on to, to our 90s. Hell, hundreds of any of us are, are lucky to hit that being health, uh, you know, relatively healthy at the same time. I will discuss impact loads and wear and tear because that's another huge thing. If we're doing exercising, if we're putting specific time in each and every day to do something that stresses on the body, we probably want to reduce those stresses and those loads and wear and tears as much as possible so we can do this for longevity and just not be kind of cool during this small isolated decade uh, where the body isn't falling apart on you because almost everyone who keeps running these too far winds up under, under the scalpel at some point. Uh, we'll discuss the energy expenditure con uh, conundrum and the leaning effect because it seems like the harder you work, you should be able to lean down more. But actually, it's kind of different. We'll discuss uh, catabolism and uh, why it's uh, you could actually get leaner, in a sense, by doing less and still increase cardio output. I know there's much ado going around by uh, uh, Zone 2 cardio. And there's to some degree, you'll see how this warrior walking can kind of fall within that paradigm without actually being hewing to uh, all the noise and numbers that's on that side. We actually want to get away from that quantitative aspect of it and get to the qualitative. The quantitative can make you fixate too much in whatever that little Fitbit is saying instead of the feel of what we're doing and getting right back into the techniques and tactics because again it's not just the walking it's not just the steps we want to change your walking from walking or controlled falling at the the bad end of the scale and earth gliding so the so it's uh it's really the techniques and uh, the, the tactic the how-to it's very subtle 
that is significant. We'll run you through a few tests as well to help you figure out where you stack up already. We'll do the heart to soul test. Uh, there'll be the palms facing test, the water bearer test. I wanted to help you kind of detect where there might already be problems with Trendelenburg syndromes. So we're talking about where well, there's a, oh, this is a weak adductor. Oh, you've got your quadriceps engaged here. Okay, there's not enough glute uh, medius or maximus going on here. And we'll also discuss the importance of this psoas, uh, the psoas within the walking uh, aspect of it, the, the stretching and uh, the automatic stretching that comes with uh, warrior walking and back pain. In short, if we're walking, we realize at any point we're engaging the quads, we're not warrior walking. And if at any point we're moving on and we don't feel this slight stretch uh, in the psoas, uh, we're not warrior walking. We have to have a way, uh, originally within this tactic and technique, the femur is actually doing this uh, odd posterior shift and, and restoring that natural space in the uh, acetabulum, the, 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 uh, the, the, the socket of the hip. And so much of what's going on with uh, hip pain down the road, found out with me, is where you know, poor posture. It's actually some posture. Now, these days, they'll recommend here's what we're trying to do to get your posture in the right spot and you find out this is exactly the area where the wear and tear are and particularly if you take this so-called good posture into an impact area if you're trying to maintain this so-called good posture running and jumping and plyo boxes and and, you know snatching and power claims you're doing nothing but pounding that joint to dust brothers and sisters so we want to find a way to get back to what was originally how we might have evolved to walk and how uh, indigenous folks walked and how this uh, warrior walking tradition kind of resurrects uh, uh, that that wisdom. And again, we will be in the weeds with this while we're walking, even on the, on the DVD. And it sounds like, oh, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not lying to you. Don't. Uh, hopefully, none of this is boring to me. But before we walk, we must stand. I'll give you much ado. How do we stand? We're talking about the feet, where we must feel the weight. And likely, it's not where you think. Uh, what the pelvis is doing, again, not what we're here. You look at a posture thing, you pull them up on YouTube, and almost every single one, you go, that ain't it. Uh, we'll talk about lengthening. We'll talk about what you do with your shoulders and hands. And after that, once you realize this small tip, you'll be kind of looking at every human being out there. You know, oh, yeah, I see. That's a problem down the road. It might already be. They probably get fingers tingling whenever they sleep. They talk about neck pain. Oh, I get a, you know, oh, I got a neck ache. And you're just going to be looking at the hands. I go, yeah, that they do. We'll talk about walking the line and walking on train tracks, how this can kind of change how, many, how much force you're able to bear. This, just something like this, this tip alone increases the amount of time that you're able to put out there and enjoy the canyon land, taking your, uh, put, putting your hike in, moving along the river. And whenever you realize small tactics like that change the game, it's, it's, it's astonishing. Uh, but it's because of the shoulders be doing. And then we start moving to the actual, we got to make, it is all walking, right? We'll discuss what the push is, how how we move, what muscles must be engaged, <laughs> almost importantly, maybe more importantly, which ones to turn off. I'll let you know. I was doing it wrong. I mean, I'm talking about, it's. I've been doing this for, uh, so it's just before 54, 55, so three years now. And I know initially, I mean, I still run the checklist. Every time I start out on some specific warrior walk, I run the checklist, make sure, because I've got 55 years of prior habit on this. We'll discuss how the foot makes contact with the ground. Uh, it may not be what you think it is. We'll talk about the roll through, which is you know how the the uh, the the, uh, the arch of the sole. Uh, well, it just the moving from heel to, to toe, and it's more complex than that. But actually, it's easy once you get it down. Uh, here's a very important part: is talking about extending ground contact because we want to learn how to glide versus step. We want to be skating uh, more than we are walking. We'll discuss hip shimmy. There's two different ways the hips can primarily move, and we're mo- uh, uh, we're walking, and primarily what you're going to see in the first world nations is we're going to see this uh if we're 
watch, watching the skeleton from fore or after. We're going to see this up and down in the hip. Ah, bad news, it turns out. It turns out this hip shimmy we're looking for off this earth gliding is going to be more of a fore and aft position right here. And uh, uh, it's, at least for me, it, it turned out it was toughest to get down. Then it turned out to be one of the most significant, uh, significantly helpful things for me. We'll learn about the uh, synchronized contralateral uh, uh, arm swing position here, which actually takes so much of the load off and also adds to your being able to move. Now, so far we discussed, this has just been flat ground, making sure we can do it because when we're saying warrior walking, it's just not something you have to only do in the workout position, but in, it can help. That's where the, the cardio effect will come in, so to speak. But we're wanting to do this all the time where possible. And we will also discuss how to you know attack terrain with it. We'll discuss do the mechanics change with an uphill or a uh, downhill, or what do we do whenever we start picking up the speed. Now, for those of us who really want to take this further with it, you're going to want to be able to play with different aspects of it and do it under uh, different stresses. And we'll provide you ways to let you know if you are in a so-called uh, that fat burning zone. And we're going to use four different talk tests. Usually people just use one. Uh, but you're able to gauge through these four different ways. So whenever you apply these uh, to the 12-week the, uh, programs we've got, uh, you'll know about where to be, and that way you don't have to stare at a Fitbit and just keep your conversation going with it, whoever you're walking with or talking with. If you're moving alone, you're going to be able to tell by occasion, you know, spouting out a sentence or two to see where you're at. Uh, then we will discuss there are three ways to increase uh, warrior walking's difficulty. And uh, again, we're going to make sure if we're going to do these increases in difficulty, make sure we don't fall back into old mechanics. That's often like for one way, I'll go ahead and let you know right now, is to add load to it. And often people think they throw on a backpack or a ruck and they have a tendency to eat that weight up and then go right back into old mechanics. Going to make sure we keep our mechanics to the warrior walking ideal. We will discuss uh, the difference between outdoor versus treadmill. I got to admit, this is one area where uh, usually there's many machines that are going, ah, I just don't care for it. But I got no argument with uh, a treadmill and uh, whenever you're trying to learn the warrior walking thing for those rainy, rainy days, you can't get it done. I myself, I actually went out and got one of these things for myself whenever it's too rainy or we just, you know, we can't make uh, the lake or the river or the mountain at that particular time. And all of these, the warrior walking ideal and workouts, the 12-week programs can also be uh, applied over here. And we'll discuss how to make sure you can integrate that uh, with your material. Again, it's really what I'm saying here does little justice to the mechanics of what's going on. It is not just getting your steps in. It is just not get out there and, hey, do do some walking, and, and that's it. I do think that is preferable to many other things, but I really think why this has been so successful for me is just not by sheer dint of walking. I don't think I would have got the results I've got if it weren't for the fact that hewing to these specific mechanics. It turns out everything uh, in this old school way that we label unleaded is about hewing to specific mechanics. And again, if you're interested in what's going on here, I'm going to provide a few links in here. I'll provide a link to uh, uh, the show called, uh, a podcast episode called The Original Roadwork, so we can get our heads wrapped around that. Uh, I'll give you the blog link for that as well. And also link up to this Warrior Walking program in case you're thinking, I've heard you yak about it enough. Let me just go ahead and get started on this thing so I can see some of this stuff myself. And I'm going to tell you, absolutely astonishingly significant in my life. And man, here I'm hoping you're getting the same thing in yours. All right, take care of yourself, crew. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, extremeselfprotection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics. <laughs>